Welcome to Bourbon and Blood. This week I am doing Evil Dead. The t oh god damn it, <laughs> I had that written down. It's the new one, the remake. Yep, Evil Dead, the 2013 remake. It's been a while since I've done a Bourbon and Blood, so enjoy. And here we go. I'm Daniel, the host, and I'm joined today... Oh, you can find me on the internet at Ecto Cooler Ghost. And I'm joined today by... Friendly Neighborhood Rabbit. Uh, you may recognize me from LARPers Round Lounge. Also, you can tell I'm, I'm a little tipsy and he might be a little rusty. Yeah, rusty, tipsy. What are we drinking tonight, Rabbit? Tonight, we are drinking a fantastic whiskey from the Two James Distillery called Johnny Smoking Gun. And it is very tasty. It's from Detroit, Michigan, which plays into what we watched tonight. The 2013 remake of Evil Dead. Oh, hold on. Oh. Get that ecto-cooler. Yeah, drinking the ecto-cooler to go with my Johnny Smoking Gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's jump right into it. Evil Dead. We all seen the original, or if you're listening to this... I hope so. You should have seen the original. But we chose to do the Evil Dead remake because Rabbit here hasn't seen it yet, though he's seen the original. One of those things, sometimes things slip through the cracks. So now I've seen it. A lot it was of people good. haven't seen it. I'm not disappointed. It's not a big deal. So... This movie, just like the original, is based in Michigan, and they just throw Michigan all over in your face. Um, I'd love to find this cabin in Michigan. I would visit it, but I don't think it's a real cabin in Michigan. Well, maybe. I mean, they filmed the original Evil Dead in Michigan. You think there's a cabin somewhere up in Flint, or... Well, it's by... not going to be in Flint. Well, it's got to be fairly close. I mean, they were in Michigan mm. State, maybe. No, no, because Michigan State's over in Lansing, uh... My guess is that if this cabin existed, it would probably be somewhere uh, eastern side of the state. Probably north of, like, Mayo Rose City. I could be completely wrong, though. Because things up. get weird up there. I feel like they may have filmed it in Hollywood or something, but... That's a possibility, too. The other possibility is that it's somewhere up in the UP, but... It didn't necessarily seem like that, so definitely. It could like be cheap to film up in the city. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. So this follows five kids in a cabin, like usual. Typical Hollywood horror situation. My money was set on Merfolk, it didn't happen. <laughs> like the cabin in the woods, I get it. <laughs> so we got the runaway brother David, the bratty dope show Mia. The nurse Butterface Olivia, the nerdy Satanist Satanic or Saint, Satanist Eric, and the chef Natalie. The chef. Well, she was <laughs> cooking in the beginning and she cooked all throughout it. I thought it was a clever little twist. Children, you're gonna deal with demons. <laughs> Let me just tell you right now. I got some meatballs, 
and we're going to put some funk on. It's going to take care of things. I'm about to make you a roast. You having a bad day? I'll make you a roast. <laughs> Get some chocolate salty balls. Alright, so this falls fairly closely in some aspects to the original Evil Dead, but it's also way off from the original Evil Dead, which I like about a remake. We follow <clears throat> Mia, who apparently has a dope addiction, and her friends are too concerned, apparently, to take her to a rehabilitation center or a hospital, but want to get her clean. So let's take her to a cabin in the woods and drain her completely of dope and watch her just fucking squirm and torture as she Oy. cleans up. So and their heart's in the right spot. But I just have to ask the question. Knowing what you're getting yourself into, why would you not vet your detox safe space prior to the situation? Yeah, before showing up. <laughs> I mean, I have not been in a detox situation. I have not helped anyone through a detox situation. But my personal feelings are that were I to venture down that road... I would want some place where I knew everything about everything. I would I would want a place that we all felt comfortable. I would want a place that I knew well enough that the walls were the walls and that was how it was and everything was fine. And, and you'd want Mia to know the place pretty well. Yeah. This girl's going through some shit you don't want. Yeah. I mean, I guess... It was in their family, because they were talking about how Mother wouldn't want to see the cabin this way. I, but Yeah, still. but that's a fucked up cabin anyways, and honestly, why wouldn't you just pick some place where you're just like, no, girl, you're just, you're and just detoxing. Somewhere the walls close have been enough painted to a hospital? The like, walls have been painted white for like yeah. 85 years. <laughs> <laughs> like... You want to find some place, I feel like, that's close to a hospital or a police station or... What if some shit goes wrong? They're really far out there. Mm-hmm. They're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have Olivia, the nurse, with them. Overconfidence and under-preparation. Yeah, and Olivia seems to know her shit, and she thinks that they can detox her. And then we have the brother, David, who shows up, and no one has seen him in a long time because he ran away before his mom died. Let me just mention real quickly that some of the characters, if not most of the characters, are from Flint. Yeah. Which means that they're probably just looking for clean water. Oh! Oh! It's true. <laughs> I think that basement was full of Flint water. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that was terrible. Oh! They really... Dead critters. <laughs> mostly in the beginning do they really rub in our face that it's a Michigan situation because they're like... We tried this back in Flint when they tried to detox her, and, and didn't work. Olivia's wearing a MC5 shirt. If you don't know who MC5 is, it's a sweet punk band. I'm pretty sure from Michigan. Uh, really they are from up. Michigan. MC5 stands for the Motor City Five. They are actually pre-punk. Yeah, yeah. MC5 was tearing it the fuck down while everybody else out in California was loving flowers. I had them on vinyl, and I got really excited when I found it at a Goodwill. Mm -hmm. Just, it was kind of beat up, but it still sounds good. Mm -hmm. Here's what MC5 sounds like. Turn off the jams, motherfucker!
wasn't that good. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I, I feel like Iggy and the Stooges did more for punk when it comes to Detroit than MC. Well, maybe. Maybe I'm just being biased. Because no, I like no, Iggy it's, and the a, it's a fair more. assessment. I mean, you, you can generally make the argument that MC5 never really got the hang of recording. Uh, which is why they, shortly after their first album, which didn't really do too good, moved on to a live album. I was annoyed by that, that she was wearing that shirt, because I feel like, like, even casual punk people don't know MC5 that well, I feel like. And for, like, a nurse to be wearing an MC5 shirt, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know where you could find an MC5 shirt, unless yeah. you, like, got it from a Maybe show. So or if you found shop. that, you have to be cool as fuck. And, you know, spoilers coming. Nurse is not cool as fuck. <laughs> if you are the kind of person who is... As cool as fuck that you have an MC5 shirt and know about that kind of shit, you are not the kind of person who is about to succumb to some kind of demon telling you that you should cut your face off. Yeah, yeah, And she's going to be like, you know what? No. No, I'm going to cut your face off, demon. Because well, I'm Detroit. Well, we jump into that. Fuck you. Yeah, Detroit. <laughs> Detroit! <laughs> I don't know how many listeners I have outside of my friend group, but this uh, this podcast is filmed in Michigan, by the way. We are Michigan people. And we were voted one of the best states to live in, which I don't completely understand. Winters here suck. But, I mean, it's alright. Michigan's all right. awesome. Yeah, I like Michigan alright. Yeah, yeah. I love the seasons, and we have really good seasons here. Mm-hmm, we do. Fall's fucking amazing. All those trees turning, and it's almost fall! It's almost October. It's cold beer weather. It's wonderful. Yep. Alright, so... Let's get through the story real quick, and then we'll dive into it. So, you got five kids. They're trying to detox Mia. They go to this cabin. They start detoxing Mia. She gives a little speech, throws her dope into a fire. They go inside. Everything seems like it's okay. Uh, You know, it's a a little shady. We're a little worried. She smells something. There's always a smell, apparently, to Mia. So they go, and the dog's digging at the floor. Oh, the the dog is poking around the floor. Which is weird for a dog, because when you get to dogs in horror movies, nine times out of ten, they just look at you and go, this place is fucked, we should go home. This dog was interested, but if you think about it, nothing scary is in the basement besides that book, it's just a bunch of dead animals, and I feel like a dog would be interested in dead animals. It wants to That's do fair. its dog situation. That's fair. So they find this basement underneath the rug. They go downstairs, they turn on the lights, the light shows one door. They're like, oh, it must be in that door. So they go in there, and there's dead animals hanging everywhere. It's... It's... Just a, just a quick PSA. That should be a sign. If anyone took the time to hang up animals like that, they're either seriously fucked in the head... Or there's some seriously fucked shit going on that they thought that that could fix. Either way, the simple answer is the same. Turn around. Calmly leave. Plus, Fuck I want to point out that the basement was full of flies. And with decompensation, or decompensation, whatever. Decomposition. I'm drunk right now. And with flies taking whatever they need and doing what they need. Deconstitution. Deconstitution. I feel like that would just be bones. Yeah, deconstruction. <laughs> Decon. Deke. 
so I feel like it would just be bones at that point. How long have those animals been down there? Depends on how long it took the flies to get down there. Well, there was a lot. But anyways, they find a book. And based upon the little bit at the beginning of the movie, it might not have been that long. That's true. They found the door broken open. Mm-hmm. So they find a book wrapped in a black plastic bag and then entwined with barbed wire. This barbed wire situation really pissed off rabbits. I know there's a lot of people out there who are curious folks. And I'm curious. We talked about it. The go. If there is a situation where you come across a book that has been wrapped in trash bag and then wrapped up with barbed wire, someone took the time to wrap that book up in barbed wire. For those of you who do not know, barbed wire generally comes in spool. And usually long enough that you're not really thinking about, you know, what am I going to do with two feet, three feet, five feet of barbed wire to wrap up a book. You're going to be stretching it along a whole entire length of fence. You don't really care. So if someone took the time to take some barbed wire and wrap it around a book, they then wrapped it in trash bag. Just, just no. No, don't go there. Don't check it out. I'd open it. You would. I, I'd be excited. I'd be like, you would. Something we'd in all this be angry at you for it. It's fucked up, and I'm excited to see what's no, inside No, you just book. look at it and you go, you know what? I'm gonna trust the fact that someone had a good decision at some point in time, somewhere along the line, and I'm just gonna take this, and I'm gonna set it on a shelf somewhere that no one will notice, and we're just gonna call it good. So here's where we differ, though, with me and this Eric guy. Because Eric, our satanic nerd, takes it upstairs, opens it, gets excited, and starts reading it, and really... Like, he even goes to the, like... What's it called when you use a pencil over paper to see what the lettering is? Oh, is I don't know. a term for that? I don't know what that coding? is. Coding? Not coding. I know. Anyways. It would have been really nice if it was, like, the Big Lebowski and all he found was a weird stick figure with a boner. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> but I wouldn't have read it. I would have just taken it home and put it in my collection. Because I'm that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which which begs another question. Has anybody else noticed the preponderance of Eric's in horror movies being complete douchebags? Well, I just think most Eric's are douchebags. Most Eric's. <laughs> but You're fishing. <laughs> You're fishing. But, no, Eric's are great people. Um, I've had a few on here, I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) So, he reads the book, and then Mia loses her fucking mind. He reads the fucking book. Why does he read the fucking book? No one knows why he reads the fucking book. Because they read the book in the original, and if he didn't read the book, this movie wouldn't have progressed. Uh, Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) I know. So, Eric reads the book, Mia runs crazy, gets in the car... Drives it frantically down the road. Does not turn on her windshield wipers till the last minute, even though it's downpouring. She's driving at least 65 on a Michigan dirt road. Come on. Yeah, she's probably doing 45, but still, still, in the middle of a rainstorm, do like 45, 35. I feel like any... legal on a dirt road, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but things have, situ- things have changed. The weather is upon you. You've already seen some folks out in the woods. You know shit's fucked up. I feel like when you find yourself on the onset of a horror movie situation, 
it's about the same as if you find yourself in the middle of a fight that's about to happen that does not involve you. You just politely look at the people involved and you say, you know what? This might not be a bad thing. I'm out. I'm... I think I just gotta go do something over here. Like, later. I'll catch you later. And you just, like, slowly back out and do your thing. You don't, like, flip out and run and cruise down dirt roads at 55. And then you see a dead version of yourself in the road and fling into... A river. Yeah. Which that river got real deep. Because she, did. like, crashed into it. And did. half Only a quarter of the car was sticking in the water. But when she got out, it was, like, up to her neck. So. So, short primer for what you do in horror movie situations. Politely excuse yourself. Get your friends that you care about. Leave the situation. Driving a balmy 35 miles per hour. When you see a fucked up, quasi-undead, possessed version of yourself standing in the road, bleeding out of every orifice and generally looking terrible, casually accelerate and do not veer. Whoa. What if it's not her? She didn't know for sure that was her in the road. Dude, risks. That's true. All right. It happens. So she gets out. I hit, I hit a deer this weekend. Oh, God. I hit it at 35. It ran away. Oh, okay. <laughs> so she stumbles into the woods. She gets caught in some branches, but then these branches slowly start to wrap around her, and then just like in the original Evil Dead, we got some tree loving going on. The trees uh. strap her up, and then... Evil Maya is standing in front of her and, like, spits out this, like, slug-looking branch. Which yeah, is it's different. not pretty. And then the slug-looking branch, like, creeps up Maya's leg, Mia's leg, and then inserts itself for loving. Yeah, no, there's nothing enjoyable about any of that. Pervs, go home. It's not. It's not your party. This isn't Japanese tentacle porn. This is American horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't... Eric Okanowski's checkbook. This oh, is. yeah, I wrote about that. <laughs> I don't understand tentacle porn. I don't see anything appealing about it. I think I've seen, like, one clip and was confused because I wanted to know what it was. It's just I weird. don't understand the appeal at all. It's just it weird. scares me. Yeah. Okay. Japan <laughs> is a weird place. It can be. So, well, I think I think Japan could say the same about America in many eyes. Yes, that's good. Um, so she gets back home, and everyone seems to be calming down and blaming it all on the drugs. Like, oh, it's just the drugs. She's losing so, her fucking mind. So this is a chick that has had a full-fledged demonic experience. A, a terrible experience. A terrible experience no matter what demonic involvement is. But knowing that there's demonic things involved you know an even more terrible experience than regular and she comes back and says you know what it's time to fucking go it's time to go and she's not wrong I feel like but everybody else looks at her and just goes like yeah you know it's probably just that you're withdrawing yeah but 
they have they haven't seen shit yet. According to them, it's just her losing her mind. Here's the other thing too. I know this is one of those things that you can't necessarily plan for, you can't necessarily measure for, but if you have hit that point in your addiction cycle with whatever it is that you're addicted to, and you decide, I need to get control of this, I need to be away from everyone, away from everything, and just, like, get it out of my system go through the detox, and whatever else. You should get some people there who know what the fuck a detox is. Know what the fuck it looks like. And I know they kind of hint at that at the they beginning of the movie. Yeah, they've got a nurse. They've got a nerdy guy. They've got whatever. they got a chef. They've really got the whole set. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 <laughs> fine, fine, fine. They've, they've got, got family, got, a chef, a nurse, They've got and the a nerd. whole set up. You are going to die tonight. He is like in the shower, chilling. Uh-huh. And her brothers... I don't really care about that because I feel like with Yakko Warner right now. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. Yeah, if you've got a nurse there and she's going to investigate lower situations, hello, nurse. <laughs> nice. It <laughs> was a lot of setup for a small joke. <laughs> I liked it. I'm proud of it. Hello, nurse. <laughs> so... This is where we have a sad dog death. The brother goes out looking for the dog, finds the dog, and then finds a hammer next to the dead dog. And, I mean, the only person that could have did it is the one detoxing right now. So he runs in all pissed off, looks for Mia, bangs on the bathroom door, and Mia's in there taking, like, just a really nice hot shower, right? It's just a nice hot shower. It's not too hot. (laughs) Easy equation. Dead dogs, equal time to go. Yeah? Yep. Sister with skin peeling off from taking the hottest shower possible. Also, totally fucking time to go. Yeah, (laughs) but they take that cue, and that's when they get in the car to go. And then they run into a typical Michigan issue. (laughs) I experienced it this last weekend. (laughs) Because I was driving to Detroit, and I had the same situation where you drive, and then the road is completely fucking flooded, and you can't leave. I was stuck on M14, or an off-ramp to get onto off of M14, for Whereabouts? an hour. For an hour. Whereabouts? Uh, M14 to... Uh, I can't remember the name of the road. It's just off M14, because 275 is closed north. Yeah. So I had to go further to the detour. And like then, Ford Road? Yeah, something like that. No, it's not Ford. It's... Uh, that close. But anyways, both north and south of the road, even though I was on the on-ramp and I couldn't get off, were closed. I was stuck there for an hour because the road was... I mean, I'm not in the same situation as me and David here, but I was very frustrated. For those of you do, who don't know, the Michigan State animal is the orange road cone. <laughs> it's true. And we oh, see the it. fucking construction. That would have saved me. Every summer. Every spring. Every fall. Uh, every fall. Up until the first snow. And then disappears. And it is, yeah. <laughs> it disappears as soon as the snow the first melts, snow. it's back. But. But that is the Michigan State animal, and we all know it well. Ah, <sighs> the fucking orange cone. And there is, there is quite a preponderance of roads washed out. 
and flooding. Roads under construction. Roads flooding. I feel like people that don't live in Michigan or states similar to Michigan, because we're not the only one that floods, they're like, Mm -hmm. road flooded, this seems ridiculous. No, it happens. (laughs) It sucks. This whole place seems cute. It's a giant fucking swamp. Best Michigan, best state in the world. It's the best state in America. (laughs) It is the best state. Voted it best is. state in America. Can't get through any roads. Or Giant fucking swamp. Rivers. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they head back. Not to, to get does, off. Uh, I've got a little bit more on this. On the flooding? <laughs> Go ahead. I do. I do. If you remember the first Evil Dead. I do. When he gets to the point where he would be able to cross the bridge and leave, which is the parallel of this scene. The bridge is not flooded out, but it is torn up and torn away from the center. So you've got this whole bit of basically iron beams that are the uh, you know the brace of the bridge, just like reaching up the like this gnarled claw to just keep them in. We say Michigan roads are also like that. <laughs> we could say that. We could also say that the frustration with Michigan roads feels like that kind of epicness. Yeah. Potholes, orange cones, flooding. Pure Michigan. <laughs> Pure Michigan. I lost a cousin in a pothole once. Oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. But it's a funny story, anyways. If only Tim Allen would make a true-to-life commercial for Pure Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) He did. It's called Full House. That's true. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Alright. So they get back to the house, and that's when real shit ensues. That's when we have Mia losing her fucking mind, and everyone else in the house losing their fucking mind, because Mia go ahead or fucking pukes all over Olivia, the nurse. And I guess when you puke, it's like an STD. It's just like saliva to saliva. Now I have a demon. <coughs> so in both of the driving scenes, I know that I'm kind of backstepping, but we'll, we'll bring it back around. I really care about the driving. I understand. Yeah. If you find yourself in a situation where you're just like, holy shit, everything's just got like demonically possessed, things are going to get really bad. And you're running away from that. I know well enough, like, you're driving away. Chances are, if you're in a remote spot like you are in the sake of Evil Dead, you're in a very remote situation. Like, why are you trying to speed? <laughs> you just went back on the speeding thing. I'm, uh, it's, it's a thing. It's a thing. Focus on driving. It's raining like a son of a bitch. I know. It's raining like a son of a bitch. Take your time. Just, like, step out of it. Walk out of it. Rabbit really cares about your speed when you're running away from demons. Take your time. I don't... (laughs) I do care about your speed. I don't care about your speed in the sense that I don't care about what speed you're doing relative to the speed limit. But please, please, for the sake of safety... If you are running from demons, do so at a speed that allows you to effectively continue doing that. 
One in six teenagers die every year of a demon runaway. Or running away from demons. <laughs> Don't speed, kids. Go with, a, go with a good 35. <laughs> oh, you're killing me. All right. Let's get back to this house. Can we get back to the house? Yeah, we can get back to the house. All right, they're back in the house. Our nurse is all covered in puke and bile. And so, not bile, but puke and shit. They throw Mia down in the basement and lock it up. Yep. Nurse goes in to get more tranquilizer, and then the book flips to a page where someone's peeling their face off. And that's when... Sorry. Alcohol burps. That's when our cute little nurse decides to do a makeover. And that's why I called her Nurse Butterface. <laughs> so, she takes... That's me. I know. But she was really pretty before this makeover. Yeah. So she slams the mirror when she sees her could-be hideous face. Did she even slam the mirror? Did the mirror just break? Well, she... The mirror slowly shut, and then when she looked up, it was her face all carved up, so she slammed it, and it shattered. I'm pretty sure she slammed it, or maybe just shut really fast. Wow. Either way, she grabbed a piece of the mirror. Our nerdy dude, Eric, comes in, and she is like... Over there, just chiseling away at her face. And this the sound of her chiseling away at her face really bothered Eric, or Rabbit here. Those were some good sounds. The sound effects in this movie were fantastic. Yeah, they were fantastic. So she's cutting you away her... You exactly what she was doing when you heard that. Yeah, she was cutting away her cheek. She looked very smiley. Mm-hmm. And then she lost her fucking mind. And she stabs Nerdy Eric in the chest, and then she proceeds to take the needle and puncture his face, his eyes, and his hands over and over and over. Why so serious? Why so serious? (laughs) Until he takes the back of a toilet seat and bashes her fucking head in. That's commitment, folks. So this is part one where I'm like, fuck yeah, Eric is the star of the show. Because Eric just took... He pulled a needle out of his eye. He just took a fucking beating, and that guy is good. That guy's good. He gets up and he's still playing the game. Eric's man, they take a beating and they keep mm. going. First off, if you have a friend that's an Eric, not to say that this Eric is completely exemplary of all Eric's, because there's moments where he's not. But if you have a friend that's an Eric, get close to them. They're good people. I have They're like tough six people. Eric's in my life. It's good. It's yeah. like an apocalypse situation. I've yeah. had enough Eric's to survive. Yeah, it's like a safety <laughs> hug for shit going wrong. <laughs> Alright, so that shit goes on. and Oh, they take him outside. They're trying to patch him up, Eric. Yeah, yeah. He kills the nurse. Speed it along a little. Take him outside. They put shit on him. Uh, Was it David tells Natalie, which I didn't know her name until this point in the movie. He uh, By the way, Eric is more ripped than you expect him to be. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. So Natalie runs back inside to get... Yeah, I know. He runs... Well, did you know... I talked about this on the other one. Or one of my past episodes. Oh. Uh, Cabin in the Woods, the yeah. stoner dude, yeah. was fucking ripped. And they had to cover it up because he was, like, 
pretty comparable uh-huh. to like the other two dudes in the movie that were supposed to be the beefcakes. So they made him look mm-hmm. not very ripped. Anyways, so Natalie goes inside. Hollywood takes his gigantic big toe. Yeah. And its second toe. And wraps its around wraps both of those around its dick. <laughs> and fucks itself in the foot. So what? Fucks itself in the foot. Yeah. It's like shooting yourself in the foot, but that much more visceral and personal. I guess that's pretty personal. Yep. Alright, so Natalie goes inside. This might be edited out. (laughs) (laughs) Might not. So Natalie goes inside, try to find some pure shit. I gotta get through the story, then we can just talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Natalie, what happens? Oh, she falls down the stairs, has a cute little makeout section with Mia. Oh, it's more than that. I know. It's more than that. She Mia uses for, a she blade. wanders into the into the cabin. The um, the opening to the basement is open, which it should not be, but for whatever reason it is. Yeah, especially since at that point it was chained up. And she finds herself it was not chained up, right? I thought that's the point No, no it wasn't. No it wasn't. All right, keep going. She finds herself in a situation where demonically possessed Mia is sitting in the basement stairs saying, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. And you know right then, that's, that's, the sh- that's just shit fucking with you. But Natalie bites. And she goes down there, Mia, 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 are you okay? Mia's possessed. You can't hope on Mia being okay. You gotta do some crazy shit for Mia to be okay. So she goes down there to check on Mia. Mia's sitting at the bottom of the stairs, bitching about how she fucked up her leg. You know, bitch, you didn't fuck up your leg. You're demonically possessed. You don't care about a fucked up leg. You don't care about a fucked up anything because you're demonically possessed. If that's anything that I can pass on to the greater scope of humanity... From here on out, demonic things do not give two shits about things that got fucked up in a humanistic standpoint. They don't care. A vessel is a vessel. If a part doesn't work, it's just a means to find another vessel. It's like us with shitty cars. I don't have a shitty car. Keep that in mind. (laughs) Keep it in mind. Don't trust him. So in that scene, she uses a nice little razor blade to cut her tongue in half, and then they have a really hot makeup section. Oh, yeah, blood. Yeah, you could trust that it's hot. It's more just like, ah. It's so hot. No, not really. Yeah, no, no. Demonic Mio just basically rolls up on shit and is just like, whoa, ah. So David. I'm going to make this awkwardly sexual. Come come fucking kiss me. (laughs) David comes up, pulls Natalie out. Then they, that's when they chain up the basement. They're like, all right, don't yeah. go down there. Natalie's in the kitchen while David and Eric are talking about Demon Book. Natalie's arm starts bubbling all the way up her arm, or her hand. Mm-hmm. This gets to some classic shit. Yeah, this is very Evil Dead, the original. She takes the turkey carver she was using at the beginning and just cuts through her arm. Uh, 
Let me just commend the chef for a hot <laughs> second. That girl does a clean fucking cut. Yep. She's got a lot on the line in that situation. Clean fucking cut. That's impressive. It's a good fucking turkey carver, too. Hardcore. Uh, the bone. Alright, so then... Everything seems to be, like, starting to look a little... No, it doesn't look better. I don't know no, that. No, it doesn't look better. And so there's, we have there's, the nail there's gun two scene. things. Oh, yeah. There's two things that come up in this. And I'll get to this before we get to the nail gun scene. Because the nail gun scene is the kind of thing that lets you know that you maybe have made a mistake, and these things are things that will at least prepare you for not making said mistakes. All right. Well, what's the two things? Okay, the first thing. If for whatever reason you find yourself in a situation where demonic shit is what is happening, do not stick to humanistic morals. They're gone. They've left. They left probably like five fucking hours ago, and you didn't catch it. It's gone. It's gone. You are now in a realm of ruthless absolutes. The more ruthless you can be, in a sense that benefits you better than it benefits them, the better off you are. Your goal is to be more Winchester than the Winchesters from Supernatural. <laughs> it is. It is. You are to be mean. You are to be hella mean. If you find yourself in a demonic situation, the flag that you fly is fuck yeah, humanity. And you will do whatever it takes to fly that flag. Like I told you off podcast, I've only seen the first season of Supernatural, and they're not that hardcore. I mean, they're pretty hardcore. <laughs> like, they do what they have to do. Oh. Oh, you have to see more seasons. <laughs> you have to see more seasons. Alright, I'll watch Supernatural this summer. I have a vacation coming okay. up. I'll just marathon Supernatural for hours. The second thing. And I wrote this in a couple of different notes. <laughs> different ways. Different trust issues. If you have any kind of emotional baggage whatsoever, be kind to yourself. Take the time to sort it out now. Clear it out. <laughs> Get yourself to the point where you have, even if you have issues, we all have issues. I won't, I won't disregard that. We all have issues. But get yourself to the point where emotionally you understand exactly where you stand and exactly where you feel on those issues. I feel like this has become a PSA for people that get possessed. It might have. <laughs> it might have. <laughs> have you ever watched Eva's Possession? I have not. You should check it out. It's on Netflix. Okay. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> Teach us how to survive a possession. <laughs> Reason being, there's going to come a situation... Where, and I'm jumping ahead again, because the movie provided a fantastic example. But there's going to come a situation where you're burying your sister to kill her. 
And she's going to give you all this bullshit about how, you know, you weren't there for for your mother and whatever else. And you made her lie and blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I'm just going to roll with these contextually because if you're listening to this, you've either seen the movie or you're going to see the movie. So, you'll understand. Yeah. Dude didn't make bitch lie. Dude didn't make that girl lie at all. That girl lied because she chose to lie. Dude just wasn't there. And you know what? When you've got some demon possessing your sister who's yelling at you because you weren't there for your mother, lying, or whatever else the fuck is going on. And it's like, yeah, don't, don't, don't follow the emotional uh, water slide, as it were. I'm just going to be like, you know what? No. I did it right by me. Fuck you. <laughs> I did it right by me. Fuck you. Because that's the way that you fight demons. And nail guns. You fight demons with ruthless absolutes and no regrets. And chainsaws. Chainsaws, nail guns. If a demon comes at you and with absolutes. a nail gun... And absolutes. You chainsaws, might... nail guns, and absolutes. <laughs> yeah, you might, get, you might get hit with a couple of nails. It may really fucking suck. Alright, so yeah, let's get on. Nail gun scene happens where Eric takes a whole bunch of fucking nails. And then David takes some nails. And then David blows off. Oh, we're, we're getting shot with nails by Natalie, the chef, who we thought was fine. And then David blows off. She was Nat- just not cool enough for chainsaw. No. Natalie blow- gets her other arm blown off. She was not cool enough for chainsaw. And, oh, she was using a, was it... A crowbar and just fucking people up. She fucked up Eric's hand. Okay, so so the crowbar situation. Completely understandable. The nail gun situation. Oh no. I'm sorry, I'm gonna get on a little bit of an engineerish issue with that. A nail gun like that needs an air compressor. They did not have an air compressor. How the fuck were they doing anything that they were doing with a nail gun? Hollywood. Hollywood magic. <laughs> so even after all that shit, this is round two of Eric surviving some shit. Eric gets so many nails stuck in him and destroy, gets his hand destroyed by this crowbar. And Eric, and his head was bashed in. He was bleeding from his head. Can I, uh... Eric gets up. Eric's good. Can I make one... Eric little comment? thing. Little thing. Not what? necessarily an Eric comment. Just a general comment. So, uh, just just something to think about in the future. Go for it. If you find yourself in a situation where you you feel like you're, you know, stabbed shit and thoroughly fucked up, and you find some kind of entity that happens to have somehow possessed your friend and shot nails into itself like, whoa, especially around the facial area, which we all know is kind of one of those areas that we like to defend because we like to do shit with that. Yeah. So, yeah, that whole area. Bunch of nails there. 
And it's coming at you. Like it's gonna do some harm to you, particularly because it seems to have found a crowbar. And you find a nail gun and decide that it's a good idea to shoot that thing with a nail gun. At least take a moment to make... Uh, take stock. How many nails you have? Mm, no, of... Of what exactly you're getting yourself into and the fact that that thing has a whole bunch of nails around its facial area. Yeah. And does not seem to give two fucks about that. I know, but she want, he wanted to save David, and Eric's a hero, man. Eric's yeah. the hero of this fucking story. Yeah, he's except also that he's also the villain because he read the fucking book. That's true. That's true. That's true. He didn't even have to scribble that shit. Dude <laughs> scribbled that shit, found a squiggly... Just read it out. Whatever. Alright, so let's move along. Let's get through this story so we can talk about stuff about it. David go downstairs, goes downstairs for some fucking reason. I don't remember why. David gets thrown around like a rag doll by Mia. Just like thrown five times against a wall. Eric comes down, hits Mia over the head or some shit, and then Eric like dies. And David like lays him down in the water. Eric has survived everything. He should not be laid in the water. This is like an overly complex warning to everyone else outside of Michiganders about Michigan basements. Oh yeah, Michigan basements suck. Yeah, they do. Nobody goes to fuck Michigan basements. If there's a tornado in Michigan, you have to decide whether to go into this shitty, dangerous basement or stay outside and die. Michigan basements. <laughs> For a hot second when I had a lot of free time on my hands and not a lot of good sense. I plausibly considered trying to start a fight club in a Michigan basement and gave up on it after about a week. Well, it depends. How tall was your Michigan basement? Because most of mine you had to kneel to get into. It wasn't that tall. <laughs> a fight club where you have to be ducked down constantly. I mean, it was it was okay. I mean, people could have stood, but it was still the kind of thing where it was just like, no, nah, it wasn't going to fucking happen. Alright. So, David... Finds dead Mia, takes her outside, and decides to bury her, kill her, and then bring her back to life. How the fuck does David know how to make a defibrillator out of two needles and a fucking battery? I don't know how to make it. David, was he an engineer major? Did I miss that at the beginning? First off, I'm just going to chuck that up to Michigan. Michigan's weird like that. And we all know how to do shit. <laughs> uh... No, but we figure out weird shit we are in crafty. the last minute. Mm. He was like mm. MacGyver with that shit. Yeah, Michigan is the patron saint. The patron saint. State. I'm sorry. Of MacGyver. But the whole movie, he had like no weapons, even though there were weapons all over the house. But suddenly he can make a defibrillator outside. Anyways... So he brings her back. That's the scene where we have that rabbit here was talking about. Hey, if this bitch is telling you shit, don't listen. We have this dead body, Mia, telling him shit about his past, trying to get him to not bury her. He buries her. Heart stops beating. Digs her back up. Tries to defibrillate her. Doesn't work at first. Starts to walk away, and you have the classic horror movie trope where she's just standing up behind him afterwards. And actually... She's fine. It worked. Mia is not possessed by a demon anymore. Because a demon assumed this body was dead and left it. 
I'm, I'm guessing. Hmm. So that brings up two things. First off, these kids, all of them, they are fucking lucky that in the Necronomicon is a picture book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's where you got the idea to bury her. If you're looking at a picture book, you can figure some shit out. It works out. Secondly, Mia comes back. Eric reconnects with her. her not Eric. Her brother. What the fuck is her brother? David. David. Oh, of course it's David. <laughs> David and Mia reconnect in a grand familial bond. It's a false ending. And, and they're hanging out. False ending. And everything's good. And then David looks at Mia and says, you know, you wait here. I'll get the keys. Here's the thing. You got your sister back from some kind of crazy demonic entity. She was crazy. She's still crazy. Now it's time to just, like, keep your shit together and go. You needed the car keys. Do not separate. Don't fucking separate. You just hang out. You look at your sister who's been through some shit and you say, Okay, I'm just going to hang out here. You know what? If you want me to close my eyes, I'll close my eyes. That's whatever. I can respect that. When we go to do stuff, we'll go to do stuff together. It'll be cool. That's cool. But no, he looks at her and he's just like, Alright, you stay here. I'm gonna go get the car keys. And here's where I like to bring up point number three when Eric's can't die. Because Eric comes back as a demon this time, though, finally. He does. Which you should not fuck with, because if an Eric is a demon, you should not fuck with that. Eric demons are the worst. <laughs> so he goes inside, gets the keys, Eric demon tries to fuck his shit up, he uses a shotgun, and this is tries, my problem. succeeds. Oh yeah, he fucks him up. So, David's against the door, he could shoot Eric in the head, then get out of the house, and then shoot the gas tank that was sitting there, and blow up the house to burn the demons. What he does do is just shoot the gas tank. You gotta play the odds. You gotta play odds. Once you realize that you're dealing with an Eric demon, I don't think there's any time to deal yeah. with anything Once else. Once you got an Eric demon that. on your hands, yeah, it's yeah. over. It's just like, <laughs> you know what? If it was like an Andy demon, yeah, perfectly acceptable. So what I love about this scene, though, Bust is... Bust out, shoot the gas tank, whatever else. Would you realize it's an Eric demon? It's over. No, it's over. It's over. We gotta try and fuck this whole thing right now. Because if we don't fuck it now, we ain't never gonna fuck it. Because it's an Eric demon. What I love about this scene is to get, this movie switches gears. Uh, right? Up to this point, you had David as the hero. David's mm -hmm. dead. Mia, who's been the monster the whole movie... Becomes the hero. And that's when you feast on this motherfucker. You have Mia versus Demon Mia battling it out in blood rain. And I remember seeing this in theaters and thinking, this was the most beautiful scene I've ever seen in my life. Like, just the rain falling down. Want one of those? I want one of those. Uh, 
I apologize to the audience. Right now what has happened is that I have looked at Danny and given him the uh, come-hither eyes for the sake of an ecto-cooler. He will come back. I'm back. He will hop in. Oh, he's here. He's here. He's going to pick it up right where he left it off. And I'm going to enjoy some delicious ecto-cooler, and I'm sorry. So for this whole scene, I'm not going to go through it scene by scene, but she goes through some shit, gets a chainsaw, chooses a chainsaw over a machete, which kind of bites her in the ass because the machete, like, fucks her knee up and shit like that. Ecto-cooler's my childhood. It's really good. Have you had one yet since they're back? Taste it. Taste your childhood right now. Mm. Right? Right? So you got machete versus chainsaw, which she finally gets out because demon Mia has a machete and normal Mia has the chainsaw. Which, by doom rules, normal Mia is gonna win. No. Wait, normal Mia? Normal Mia. You mean demon Mia? Demon Mia has a machete. What do you mean? Normal what do you think is gonna win, chainsaw or machete? Normal Mia has the chainsaw, by doom rules. Okay, okay. Normal Mia's gonna win. So it has one of my favorite scenes where Normal Mia sticks the chainsaw into the demon Mia's face and says, feast on this motherfucker, and like the rain just falling around her and it looks really pretty. <coughs> they use so much fake blood in this <coughs> But she cuts demon Mia in half. Ah, it's just so pretty. The whole scene. It is. It is. It's delightful. And that... And then it, like, ends on that. Like, she just, like, walks away. The rain stops. And then... Credits. And then after the credits, we have Bruce Campbell saying, Groovy. Which is a nice little nod. Yes, it is. So, remake. As a remake, how'd you think it did? Yeah, as a remake, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, too. As much as I love the uh, the first Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, they were ridiculous. Oh, yeah. They were. And having a remake was enjoyable. It was nice to see, it was nice to see how everything panned out. I do not know if this will happen or not. But I would thoroughly enjoy to see that the sunshine that flowed through the trees at the end of Evil Dead <laughs> was so. actually just the opening of a warp rift, and Mia is now, you know, sucked through time, beckoned to fight the army of darkness in the Middle Ages, and be as badass as she possibly can. That would be a good time. Can I say, I (coughs) barely remember Evil Dead 1, because Evil Dead 2 was just a better version of Evil Dead 1. Mm, Yes and no. I mean, I've seen Evil Dead 1, and I own it, but Evil Dead 2, after I realized that, I watched Evil Dead 2 a lot more than I watched Evil Dead 1. I feel like the both of them should be, like, stitched together as a movie. One longer movie? Yeah. Yeah, because they are that one long movie together. Also, don't ever read the fucking book. There's a book? 
Sam Raimi wrote it? Raimi wrote it? Whatever. Yeah, not, Did he? Not that. The, the Necronomicon or whatever it is that you've come the fuck across. And you're just like, don't, don't ever read that. Really? And don't ever think that you're going to get away with Klaatu Verata necktie. It's not going to work. Danny just ran off to go to the bathroom. This is the opportunity where I can really say whatever the fuck I want to say. And I'm not really sure exactly what I should say in this situation. Because I feel like I could say some really terrible things. But I don't really want to say terrible things. We're gonna get you not another Time to go to I guess the only thing I can really say is there was a short moment of time when Homegirl was stuck in the shed... And she went through kind of a quasi-pulp fiction escalation. She saw the machete, saw that it could do good, and then made the meander up to the chainsaw and was just like, you know what, no, no, chainsaw's a situation. Which is similar to Pulp Fiction. Where you've got, you know, Bruce Willis's character looking at some shit, then he looks at the chainsaw. Then he looks at the samurai sword. And he ends up picking up the samurai sword. And let me just say right now, Bruce Willis picking up the samurai sword in Pulp Fiction is classic 90s and falls right in with the 90s glorification of the samurai sword. And the samurai sword, as amazing as it is, is not as great as you think it is. And while it worked great for him, it does not work great for all situations. But, you know, whatever. They were having fun with horror. Everybody had a good time. Somebody got fucked up by a chainsaw. Somebody that was demonically possessed got fucked up by a chainsaw. That's always an A-plus in the humanity book. And, you know, sometimes samurai swords don't always work as well as you wish they would. I'll probably come back for some of this. I think I'm going to try and find a piss somewhere. I released something from that book. So at this point in the podcast, I would like to know, what are you afraid of? Uh, like, what's your biggest fear? So I got two things that I'm not too keen on. Okay. First off, I don't necessarily have a problem with heights, but I am a big dude, and precariousness while involving heights is not cool with me. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. You said first off. What else? Is there something else? Oh, there's something. The second thing. I do not like tornadoes. Oh, and you're in Michigan. Michigan basements. We get once a year. I hope we don't get a many fine with that. We usually don't get a lot of tornadoes. When we do, they're terrifying. It's... Is that kind of thing where it's like, you know what? There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> everything's cool for a hot second the next thing you know everything's just like all fucked up I don't like it you can't control it yep all you can do is hide hide like a little rat pretty much not cool with that <clears throat> so that was Evil Dead and I want to thank you for being on my podcast you're Mr. Rabbit. thank you for bringing us a Johnny Smoking Gun did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it that was some great whiskey Made Good. in Detroit. Good, I enjoyed it too. Just like Evil Dead. Well, mm -hmm. not made in Detroit, but made in Michigan. The, uh, uh, 
Two James Distillery. Two James. Not just one James. Two, Two James. James. Should be nice if they called us and said hello. Yeah. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Thank you for being on the podcast. And thank you listeners for listening to another episode of Bourbon and Blood. Stay scared. Ah, creepy shit. <laughs> <laughs>